All right. Well, welcome to this episode of the Text Tech Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. What a week it has been for Texas Tech. First off, our basketball team looks like it's getting back on track. We had a great early signing day. And in football, we defeated Ole Miss 42-25 in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. It really wasn't a game after the first half. It was complete and utter domination by Texas Tech throughout. Uh, There was some controversies. Uh, Ole Miss, that was a dirty team. Just flat out a dirty team. They teed off on Tyler Shuck's head twice as he was sliding. And the cheap shots didn't start up when the game ended. Lane Kiffin also, in his postgame press conference, accused a Tech player of spitting and then also accused that same Tech player and walked it back, but then doubled down, said he's not accusing him, but said it definitely happened that he racially abused a player from Ole Miss on the field. This is all nonsense. We'll break it all down. We'll talk about the game. And then we'll also talk about the expectation for Texas Tech next year and in seasons to come under Joey McGuire. All right, so just before we talk about the football or what actually happened on the field, let's talk about what didn't happen on the field, what Lane Kiffin was making up. So this is what he said in, our, in his postgame press conference. This was over the scuffle that happened with about 10, 11 minutes left in the game. Tech got a turnover. The game was pretty much sealed at that point. He said, quote, they announced our 11, which is Jordan Watkins, who wasn't in the fight. It was their 11 that was fighting 71. And everybody knew because their own coaches were yelling at the guy. There was a racial slur involved. That's not the point of what we're talking about. It's about the spitting part. I brought our own 71 up to the officials, right or wrong. You see him crying. He's not crying because he got spit on. It's because something was said. End quote there. Um, so I want to clarify one thing. There are videos of what happened. And in the videos, you can distinctly see it is the Ole Miss players taking shots at the Tech players' heads. And he talks about how 11 wasn't in the fight. There is a video that shows number 11 from Ole Miss wasn't just in the scuffle. He shoved an official in the back to get into the scuffle. But he wasn't in the scuffle. It must have been our 11. It's not their 11 that shoved an official. It was our 11 that caused it all. Yeah, okay. Seriously, how often do you see fights at the end of a blowout of a game and it's the team that's winning that's instigating it after they get a turnover? Seriously, how often? Because why was the offensive lineman even down on that side of the field? Real question. It was a deep interception The offensive lineman came all the way down to that side of the field. Why did he come down there? Was it so that he could shake their hand, say good pick, or was it to start something? Come on. And also, I will say, he's accusing Dimitri Moore of uh, saying a racial slur. Both players are black. um, And he said that what Dimitri Moore said brought him to tears. I don't know about that. We haven't heard from that player. Um, but he said, I'm going to defend our players when a kid spits on them and is accused to a national audience that it's him. So Jordan has to deal with that. And then he said that he, uh, spoke to Joey McGuire after he said, if you actually watch over there, one of them is kind of laughing because he got off. He's screaming at the player. They're losing their mind on him. And I talked to their head coach after, and he was like, 
crazy officiating out here. I go, yeah, that was really bad when one of your guys spit on our guys and our guy got the penalty. And he said, Joey McGuire said, yeah, I know. That's the end of the quotes from him. That's a load of bull crap. That's a load of bull crap. All right, this is a 47-year-old, $9 million a year man who's gotten everything given to him, gotten every opportunity in the coaching profession, and he is damn good at one thing, and he's really good at squandering those opportunities because he's done that at Tennessee. He's done that at USC. He's got both Ole Miss to the top 10 this year and last year, got their butts kicked by Baylor in the Sugar Bowl last year, and then got their butts kicked again today by Texas Tech, or sorry, Wednesday by Texas Tech. He's really good at squandering stuff, I'll say that. Um, but Joey McGuire also responded to all this, as did Dimitri Moore. Here's what was said there. Uh, he said, Joey McGuire said, we are disappointed an opposing head coach Decide to insinuate allegations that are false and irresponsible. I have discussed these allegations with Dimitri Moore, and he disputed the two claims that were brought forth against him. I'm proud of our team and our performance last night. That was a memorable win to close our season in front of a sea of Red Raiders. From Dimitri Moore, I can't state strongly enough that these accusations are false. It is disappointing to have my final game as a college student athlete overshadowed by the false accusations that were aided last night. Since I have arrived at Texas Tech, I have strived to represent my teammates, the coaching staff, and more importantly, my family in the highest manner. It has been an honor to represent this program as we closed our season with a great team victory last night. That's the end of that quote. Um, So basically, it sounds like Joey McGuire is also saying that Lane Kiffin made up that conversation with him. And if you look, Lane Kiffin walked about five feet to go shake Joey McGuire's hand. Joey ran across the field. Um, You know... If I get a choice between believing two guys, Dimitri Moore or Lane Kiffin, Dimitri Moore is also, by the way, a Vanderbilt graduate, a fifth-year senior, has have never had any disciplinary issues, or I can have the guy with more NCAA violations than, than 10 win seasons that's a snake oil salesman that told Tennessee he'd be there forever, bounced after one year. Uh, that runs a program known for faking injuries and had his team tee off on our quarterback's head all day as he went to slide. I'm going to go ahead and believe Dimitri Moore. So I think Lane Kiffin uh, can, can, can wear egg on his face for that one. You know, you're, you're going out to national audience and accusing a college player of racial slurs and and saying you're not accusing him, but it definitely happened, and that was so bad it brought a guy to tears. I mean, come on. Seriously, come on. Come on. I mean, it's a a whole bunch of ridiculousness from Lane Kiffin. Uh, Ole Miss is, quite frankly, not a clean program. He'll complain about NIL and all that because now he's not the only guy cheating out there like he had been when he was making a name for himself. But... um, you know, we, we won't have to see him again for a while. So that's the good news because we know if we're, if we're getting to where we want to get to and make a New Year's Sixes Bowls, we know we won't ever see them again in a bowl game because I don't think that program's on the right track. All right, but back to the actual game. This was just domination from Texas Tech. Like, complete and utter domination. It was 26-7 at halftime. Lane Kiffin was out there playing like a four-year-old on NCAA football on the PlayStation 2 that doesn't know that there's only four downs in a 
in a drive going forward on fourth and one from his own 10-yard line. Um, Tyler Shuck had a great game. He, he did have an interception after, quite honestly, the guy probably got rattled because I think it was a play or two plays before that. He slid, got nailed in the head as he slid, wasn't targeting, apparently. Uh, but he went 24 of 39. He only had one touchdown through the air. He only got sacked twice, 242 yards. Um, he also ran the ball really well, 111 rushing yards on 25 rushes. That's counting his two sacks into those totals and had two touchdowns along with 36. Uh, wasn't a big day for Sir Roderick Thompson, only seven carries for 14 yards. Uh, Cameron Valdez, he had uh, one big carry, and it ended very poorly. He, um, he broke away, looked like he was walking into the end zone, and then fumbled at the one out through the end zone for a touchdown back. Todd Brooks played really well, 14 carries for 90, or for 90 yards, sorry, 6.4 carry, long of 37. We, re- we uh, spread out the ball really well. I think it's pretty clear that our two outside receivers are going to be Loic Fungi, seven catches for 100 yards, and Jerram Bradley, eight catches for 88 yards. Bradley added a touchdown. Miles Price and Xavier White both had steady games. Both had three catches. Price with 35 yards. White with 11 yards. Boyd got on the sheet with a nine-yard catch, as did Teeter for a five-yard catch. Trey Wolf missed one field goal from about 45, but it was three for four um, from the from field goal. Three for three from extra point. Pretty good day from him. Austin McNamara, he only had to punt once today. He still may have punted about as much as old Miss punter did because uh, our coach wasn't an idiot with his play, Collins. Jackson Dart, I will say, he stood in there. Our defensive line beat him up all day. He got 361 yards, and uh, he did throw three picks. But I will say, he, he was probably the best player on Ole Miss, despite his three interceptions. But overall, I mean, the third quarter was kind of ugly. We got outscored 6 nothing, then just took over. I think that there will be some complaints with Tech fans on uh, some decision-making there. Uh, I know that one by the goal line, it was in the second quarter. We're on third down. Look, Bear Morton was cold, tried to throw it off the run, missed the pass, didn't work out. Uh, before that, we had the fake QB sneak. So that trick play worked out perfectly. That one, not so much. That was third down, went for it on fourth. I believe it was uh, Mason Tharp that missed a block over there. We had Teeter, Cup, and Tharp all lined up together and ran a screen. Just, you know, Tharp's the weaker of the three blocking-wise and just didn't work there. Uh, I think he's gotten better. I still think he's a good player, but yeah, he just missed that block there. But overall, not much you can complain about from Texas Tech today. They got outgained on the game, but you know, they were taking over so far or so close to Ole Miss's end zone. I mean, you can't help but get outgained. Uh, they still rushed for 242 yards, Texas Tech did, uh, and threw for 242. So, you know, that's a very balanced football team right there. Uh, only turned the ball over two times, t- got five takeaways, uh, only got sacked twice. Ole Miss had eight penalties for 86 yards. They had two targeting ejections. Uh, really should have been three. I, I, it is beyond me how that first hit on Tyler Shuck in to his head, the guy launched at him at his head as he was sliding, 
and it's not reviewed for targeting. I, I, I don't understand that. I won't understand that. That makes no sense to me. That makes no sense to anybody that watched the game. But Texas Tech, very disciplined on the day. Three penalties for 15 yards. Uh, really great day for Texas Tech. Um, and one thing about this defense that got after Jackson Dart. Remember, we didn't have Tyree Wilson tonight. Most of the guys that were out there will be coming back next season, especially on the defensive end. We're losing Sir Roger Thompson offensively, but that's really about it. Um, especially the front seven. Most of them are all coming back. And we've won three straight without Tyree Wilson seeing the field over Iowa State in a game that was dominated by both defenses. A game against Oklahoma where we got off to a poor start who had more talent than us. And we still beat them without Tyree Wilson. And then a Ole Miss team who also had more talent than us. And we beat them and manhandled them defensively, especially in the front seven. There were some secondary breakdowns. Those happen. You know it's going to happen some. But really, that front seven locked in for Texas Tech today. And they're doing it without Tyree Wilson. And that's going to bring me to what I'm going to talk about. The expectations for Texas Tech next season. Look, this Ole Miss game, I said on the last pod, this is a game that we should win. When you play for Texas Tech, when you play for a Kansas State, when you play for a Baylor, maybe may less so Baylor, but a Texas Tech, a Kansas State, an Iowa State, a West Virginia, you don't get many opportunities to play an SEC school and especially one that was ranked in the top 10 in the nation earlier this season. Now, you may know that you're good enough to play with these SEC players, but you don't give, but the national media or national perception doesn't think you are. And on the day, you get that opportunity, and you know if you win that game, just like we did last year against Mississippi State, you prove. Just because you're playing in the Big 12 doesn't mean you can't compete with those teams in the SEC and kick their ass too, which we did today. And they proved it. They proved it. Second year in a row, you're playing an SEC team in a bowl game, uh, SEC team that is favored. Not many people are picking you to win. And you go in there and you blow the doors off them. And I'll tell you what, that, does, that says a lot for your perception Going into next season, you can say, oh, bowl game games don't matter, whatever. Well, look, it, there was that comment that if you ask somebody, you ask SEC coaches, do you want, would you trade your SEC schedule for a Big 12 schedule? They'd say yes, 100%. Well, I'll tell you what, Ole Miss, they played, a le- they played an eight-game regular season. We had our one cupcake, and then we played an 11-game regular season in 12 weeks. It's tough in the Big 12. And I think that this team proved you give them a one-on-one matchup with a SEC team, yeah, you can beat them. Kansas also put on a good showing against Arkansas today. You can compete with these SEC teams. Yeah, I know the Georgia, the Alabama, the not even LSU and Tennessee. I'm not even going to put those two in that category. And then in the Big 10, you can compete with the Big 10 teams. Yeah, the Michigan, the Ohio State, that's a different beast. But when you put them in the arena with any other team in the SEC or Big Ten, the conference affiliations really don't matter because you've proven that you can beat them and you do beat them regularly. 
If you're counting Texas and OU, just teams that are going to be in the SEC in a couple years, Texas Tech has won their last four games against SEC teams. And going into next season, this was a great year undeniably. Vegas's over-under for regular season wins for Texas Tech was five and a half. And the better money was on the under. Odds had them not making a bowl game. They did. They made the bowl game. They didn't just make a bowl game. They got a seventh win. And then they went and won a bowl game that they were, what, four-point dogs in? Against the Ole Miss team who didn't have players opting out? And they beat them by 17? <clears throat> as great as this season was, and it was a great season, every player deserves to be celebrating right now. They'll know once spring football starts, once fall camp starts, once they get to Big 12 media days, the past few years, I know the expectations around Tech have been just make it to a bowl game. These guys, and a lot of these guys are using their last year of eligibility to come back, and they didn't need to. A lot of them are going to be super seniors. They're not coming back next year to play in a Texas Bowl or a Cheez-It Bowl. They're coming back to win the Big 12 title. That's going to be the expectations that these guys will need to deal with next year. And it's going to be a situation they haven't been before. And I know they spoke about, well, our goal is the Big 12 title earlier this season. But I, I don't think really anybody believed that. And they weren't too far off from playing for it. Remember, if they beat Kansas State earlier in the year, everything else goes the same. They would have been in that Big 12 title. And I think that after that TCU Tech game, a bunch of Tech fans would have liked their odds against that TCU team on a neutral field in a situation that would probably have been more Tech fans because you can actually buy tickets for it. But... Now the expectations have changed for this team. It is not six wins. That's not where this team wants to go. That's not why Tyler Shuck's coming back an extra year. That's not why the Rabbit's coming back an extra year. That's not why Hutchings and Bradford are coming back an extra year. They've won bowl games before. They've won two bowl games. They've had two back-to-back -back winning seasons. They're coming back because they believe they can compete for a Big 12 title and win a conference title. They want to play in Arlington. I know it's going to be a bit tougher with four extra teams next year. Six and three is not going to do the job. You're going to need to be at least seven and two, and you're probably going to need to be seven and two against the right teams. But that's the expectation. And now most of these guys, if, if they've been playing for Tech, they haven't had those expectations. Most of these guys didn't come from winning programs where they had those expectations. It's going to be a new thing for them that they haven't experienced since high school. And this is a situation where, yeah, you're, you're still going to be less talented than most guys, but the talent gap is going to be a lot closer next year than it was this year, and you still finished fourth out of ten teams when you really were probably the eighth or ninth most talented team in the Big 12 this year. You're going to be a lot more talented next year. You have good recruiting classes coming in. Those may be more for the year after in 2024. But as we're going into this new year, I guarantee you there won't be a single Tech player who says their goal is to go 8-4 and four or make it to a bowl game at Big 12 Media Days next year. When they're asked that question, it's going to be to win the Big 12 title. And you know what? 
Oklahoma looks like they're in trouble. Texas looks like they're not that good. TCU's going to lose Max Duggan. Baylor looks like they're on a slide. Kansas State is still a very good team. Iowa State doesn't look like they're going to compete for a title next year. Neither does West Virginia. Kansas isn't there. <coughs> Sorry. Oklahoma State's on a slide. They don't know who their quarterback is next year. They don't know if they have a quarterback next year, honestly. Cincinnati just lost Lou Fickle. BYU's gone through turmoil this year. Dana Holgerson does not look like the man at Houston, and we beat them the last two years anyway. UCF still looks like they're a year or two off. The door is wide open for Texas Tech next year. You're returning almost all your key guys. There are a few guys, so Roderick Thompson, Tyree Wilson, and some guys in the secondary that you will be missing. You are getting more talent in this year that maybe a freshman can step up and play some minutes some places. And you also have guys that redshirted or played limited time that will get more time next year. That's going to be a more talented recruiting class than we were used to having. This is the 2022 class, Joey McGuire's first class. We just got in that I'm talking about. The expectation for Texas Tech next year will be to make it to Arlington and play for a Big 12 title for the first time ever. Anything else, and you would have to think those players, especially the ones that are coming back for another year, would look at it and say they missed an opportunity there. And that's a credit to what this team has done this season. And what this staff has done, both on the field, off the field, and in recruiting. Because, I, look, when Joey McGuire was hired, when we got that good first class, I was thinking, all right, 2024, this team could play for a Big 12 title. We were close to playing for it in 2022 in year one. It's no longer 2024. The timeline is now 2023 for this team to try to win a Big 12 title. To try to play for one, at least. And every single player should feel like they have the capability to do it. And it's going to be an interesting offseason because now you're not just playing to go to the Texas Bowl, the Liberty Bowl, whatever. You're playing to go play in Cowboys Stadium for a, for a meaningful trophy that this team has never done before. And it looks well within this team's reach next year. The one thing I want to add on talking about this with recruiting, I mean... There is a marked difference in just the recruiting strategy that we are seeing from what Joey McGuire did, from what Matt Wells did, where he would go into the transfer portal mainly, wouldn't focus on the Texas high schools, and what Cliff Kingsbury did, where he basically said, ah, let's get eight offensive guys and hope it works out. Two defensive guys. Let's get a 10-guy class. Hope this works out. Now... I was uh, at the game, and I, I got the tickets from my uncle, who was high school coach forever. So I was sitting there, and the guy next to me is a defensive coach at a high school in the Houston area. And he told me, man, I'll tell you what, Texas Tech's going to be sick in four years. Like He said he was going to a bunch of the Texas Tech practices. He said, I couldn't get into the Ole Miss practices. They were all exclusive. But for Texas Tech, they set it up. If you're a high school coach, you want to go into their, pra their bowl practices – just go in there and no issues with that. And they got to hang out, take pictures with the defense. If coaches, their defensive players, it was really an open thing. And Joey McGuire is building those relationships with the high school coaches. And it's going to pay dividends in a massive way for Texas Tech. And 
we're talking about next year we can compete for a Big 12 title. And that's exciting enough. And that's after next year, we're probably going to only have more talent in after that. We're only going to have more talent in 2024 than 2025, than 2026 with the way this recruiting is going. Joey McGuire's earned the contract extension he's given. He uh, basically told them that, or told Herbie, Kirby Holcutt when it was offered that he's going to earn every penny of that. He's not just going to go sit on his laurels like Jimbo Fisher in College Station or Lane Kiffin getting his $9 million and thinking that he's playing PS2 as a five-year-old going forward on fourth down from his own 10 in the first quarter. This is going to be, you're going to see aggression on the recruiting trail, on the field, and look, when the Texas Bowl was over, he said, y'all ain't seen nothing yet, and I really don't think we've seen anything yet with what this Texas Tech football program's about to do. Thanks for joining me. I hope y'all have a happy new year, and uh, we'll come to you uh, with a recap of the Texas Tech TCU game. Uh, that one will be 11 a.m., uh, if this is released the 30th, then tomorrow, but it's 11 a.m. Saturday, the 31st on ESPN. Reckon.